ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فبفضل الله تعالى ومنه وكرمه سبحانه بقدر بإذنه سبحانه to remind each other inshallah ta'ala of a tremendous verse in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it was his statement and his address to the believers subhanahu wa ta'ala he said يَا إِهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أُدْخُلُوا فِي السِّلْمِ كَافَةً Or you who believe enter into Islam wholeheartedly and it is this call to Al-Islam that was the call of the Anbiya wa Rusul Ajma' every single last one of them they call the people to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon Tawheed Worshipping him alone subhanahu wa ta'ala Staying away from everything which is worshipped besides him subhanahu wa ta'ala Upon falsehood And when that was the case He allotted subhanahu wa ta'ala to those that responded to the call of the Anbiya wa Rusul Al-Fawz bin Na'im Wa Jannat ta'ala al-Muqeem He allotted to the people of Tawheed yani Nothing other than his paradise subhanahu wa ta'ala utter salvation from the disgrace of the fire and he subhanahu wa ta'ala they responded to the call of Allah and the messenger and that's why he said subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-anfal yuhikum." Oh, you who believe respond to the call of Allah and to the call of the messenger when they call you to that which gives you life Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala he mentioned that this ayah, it contains several affairs. From them, that the hayat al-nafi'ah, that the beneficial life that everybody seeks, because everybody wants to have a good life. Sahamla, everybody wants to have a good life. He said that the beneficial life and the good life that everybody seeks, then it is that which Allah Azawajal, He has granted life to those people who were previously dead. He said, وَعَلَمْ أَنَّ اللَّهِ يَحُولُ بَيْنَ الْمَرْءِ وَقَلْبِهِ And even though that be the case, that He calls you to that which will grant you life and success and salvation. Know that for sure, without doubt, Allah Azawajal still has every ability to cause deviation to take place, to come between a man and, and his heart. Even after finding that Islam and that salvation and that guidance, misguidance can still touch you. And then He mentions Subhanahu wa Ta'ala wa annahu ilayhi tuhsharun, and certainly to Him and to Him alone is your ultimate return. So the good life, barakallahu feekum, that we all seek is only for those that responded to Allah Azawajal and to the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then he said, rahimahullah ta'ala, فَمَنْ لَمْ تَحْصُلْ لَهُ هَذِهِ الْإِسْتِجَابَةِ فَلَا حَيَاتِ لَهُ Whoever does not respond to the call of Allah and the call of the Messenger, then he has no life in reality. He says, فَإِنْ كَانَتْ لَهُ حَيَاتَ الْبَهِيمِيَّةِ الْمُشْتَرَكَ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ أَرْذَ he says, because his life is resemblant to that of the animals. They live, they eat, they drink, they reproduce. Sahamla. And what happens to them after that? They die. The one who did not respond to Allah Azawajal and to the Messenger, he's equivalent and equal, but he's worse than even the most lowly of animals. Living a life with no purpose and no meaning in reality for those that did not respond to the call of Allah. Then he said something amazing, Rahimallah Ta'ala, reminding us of the reality and the fadl the beauty and the virtue of this Islam. He said, فَحَيَاتَ الْحَقِيقِيَّةَ الطَّيِّبَةَ هِيَ حَيَاتَ مَنِ اسْتَجَابَ لِلَّهِ وَلِلْرَسُولِ ظَاهِرًا وَبَاطِنًا That the true living and success is for the one that responded to Allah Azawajal and the Messenger when they called us to that which gives us life from that which is apparent and that which is hidden. He says, فَهَأُولَا هُمُ الْأَحْيَا وَإِنْ مَاتُوا Such individuals, even upon their death, they are the ones that will be the ever-living وَغَيْرُهُمْ أَمْوَاتُ وَإِنْ كَانُوا أَحْيَاءَ الْأَبَدَانِ And other than them, they are utterly dead, even if it's the case that their bodies are alive. And in this regard, he said, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, أُدُخُلُوا فِي السِّلْمِ كَافَةِ Enter into Islam wholeheartedly. Imam Al-Si'li, he commented upon this ayah and he said, was intended that you enter into Al-Islam, he said, in every aspect of the religion you accept it. And they do not abandon and leave any aspect of this religion. We don't have the luxury of cherry picking what we want to follow. 
He said subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning those that were misguided of the, of the nations of old. Are you to believe in a portion of the book and to disbelieve in another? Islam has to be accepted in its totality for it to be a benefit to the person. And then he mentioned rahimahullah ta'ala and to be from those that enter into Islam wholeheartedly, you have to be from those that do not worship their lowly desires. Everything that the nafs calls you to, that the soul, which it calls you to sin, that you obey it. Rather, obedience and acceptance of the call is to Allah and to the Messenger alone. And then he says, He said, and actually what is required of us, is that we have to weigh up our statements and our actions and our desires. If they coincide with the legislation of Allah, we do them. And if it goes against the religion of Allah, yani that which we desire, then we should abandon it. Rather, he said, it is an obligation to leave off one's lowly desires. And like this, one has followed and has entered into the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wholeheartedly. And then he mentioned, rahmatullah ta'ala, Therefore, if this is your understanding, then accept that which Allah Azza wa has commanded you with. Perform of it as much as you can from those actions that are good and wholesome. And do not be from those that lose hope and they give up. And you could almost say that they stagnate. Islam has come to them, the sunnah has come to them and they stagnate. Allah Ta'ala Musta'an. He says, rather, what is upon us is that we maintain this noble intention of submitting to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. And he coupled subhanahu wa ta'ala with the entrance into al-Islam that we oppose shaitan. And he commanded subhanahu wa ta'ala right after the command to enter into Islam wholeheartedly. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتَ الشَّيْطَانِ إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ مُبِينًا And do not follow the footsteps of shaitan because he is to you nothing other than a clear, plain enemy. Shaitan, barakallahu fikum, he calls you to the opposite of al-Islam. He calls you from his footsteps that he calls us to is every lowly sin that is before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he is a clear enemy. So take him as such. Shaykhuna Shaykh Saleh al-Fawzan, he mentioned to us that the musara'a between yourself and shaitan, it does not end. The constant war that takes place with you and shaitan, it does not end. Then they asked him, when shall it end? He said, just like the salaf they said before, until both of your feet are in the paradise of Allah. It is easy to become complacent. It's easy to be reassured with one's general practicing in relation to the rest of the people. Perhaps we are yani, from the most yani, practicing of the people in our friend circle or in our household. But that in and of itself is not enough. What is required is that we remain upon this path. Because shaitan, he ever calls the servant to disobedience and to sin. And he mentioned tabarakah wa ta'ala in the deen and Allah al-Islam. That the only religion that is accepted with Allah is Al-Islam. Hafidim Kathir, he mentioned, Rahmanullah Ta'ala, that this ayah, it mentions clearly that the only way of life that is to be accepted is Al-Islam. And Islam, by definition, is to follow the messenger. From the definitions of Silmi Kafa, entering into Islam wholeheartedly, Ibn Kathir said, is to follow the messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he said, and how do you follow him? That you follow all of the prophets in that which they have come with from what they were sent from Allah Azawajal with. He says, Then he said something amazing about the Sunnah, the Messenger. He said, Know that every single path back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is utterly closed. There is a, a blockade in front of you. Except for the path that you tread upon That is the path of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam So to enter into Islam wholeheartedly The only way to do so And the only religion accepted with him Subhanahu wa ta'ala Is nothing other than Islam And that's why he said Jalla Jalalu Wa man yabatagi Ghair al-Islam deenam Whoever he desires Other than Islam as a religion It will never be accepted from him Allah Ta'ala musta'an Wa alayhi tuklam For this reason the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he called the people to Allah azza wa jal. And he mentioned subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning those for in hajjuk, if they were to debate you on Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or challenge you upon what you were upon, then say to them, قُلِّ الَّذِينَ أُتُوا الْكِتَابَ وَالْأُمِّيِّينَ أَأَسْلَمْتُمْ 
Ask the people of the book and the pagan Arabs who are unlettered. Ask them, have they submitted to Allah? And should they submit to Allah upon his tawheed, following your sunnah and your path and way, they shall be guided. And if they turn away, nothing was upon you, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, other than to convey the religion in truth. Wallahu basirun bil ibad. And Allah Azza wa Jalla is the one who's ever watchful of his servants. Jalla Jalalu. And what is connected to this is the path of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. A path of knowledge, a path of worship. And that's why he said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, qul hadi sabili adu'u ila Allah ala basiratin. Ibn Kathir, he mentions. So therefore, the path of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, is the path that is based upon Islamic legislated knowledge. And he said, Kul hadihi sabili. Say to them that this is my straight path. I call to Allah upon insight of the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ana wa man ittaba'ani. Me and whomsoever was to follow me, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he would say, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as appears in the hadith in Sahih Muslim. Walladhi nafsi biyadi. La yasma' bi ahadun min hadhi al-umma. Yahudiyun. ولا نصرانية ولا نصراني ومات ولم يؤمن بالذي أرسلت به إلا كان من أهل النار. he said that no, by the one who sold my hands, whose hands my soul is in, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, there is not a Jew or Christian from this nation, this nation of the call of the messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because the ummah of Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, is is divided into two categories. there's ummah al-risala, there is the nation that were granted his message. And there's Ummatul Ijaba, and there is the nation that responded to his call and to his message. As for the Ummatul Risala, the generality of those that received his message, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, concerning them, there is no Jew nor a Christian who hears about me. And he did not believe, and he died having not believed in what I have come with, except he will be the companions of the fire. When we speak of the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is only one of two destinations in question. The paradise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his goodly pleasure or the condemnation of his fire subhanahu wa ta'ala this is ultimate justice. The messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he entered upon a young Jewish boy that used to serve him. He was upon his deathbed and the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam told him to say the shahada that which we hear bi fadilahi ta'ala in every adam in every iqama in every prayer that we pray we say the shahadatain he said to this boy and he commanded him to take the shahada. He turned to his father as if to ask for permission. And his father said to him, Ati Abel Qasim, obey and respond to the call of Abel Qasim. And then he died. Radiallahu ta'ala'an, this young boy. The messenger, he left his home. Tears rolling down his eyes, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Declaring and saying, وَمَا يَنْتِقْ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ And he does not speak from his desires. Alhamdulillah. الَّذِي أَخْرَجَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that has saved him from the fire. So this is actually what is at stake. The paradise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or ultimately his fire. May Allah azza wa jal save us. We'll discuss shortly inshaAllah ta'ala what will lead the people away from this sin from entering into Islam wholeheartedly. Ibn Qayyim he mentions rahimahullah ta'ala what is the perfection of servitude to Allah because every single one of us, whether we realize it or not, we're a servant of something. We are the abd of something. And Shaykhuna Shaykh Fawzan, he mentioned to us, you have one of two choices. Either you're going to choose to be a servant of Allah Azza wa Jal, or you're going to be a servant of Shaytan. And you shall follow him in his footsteps, and he shall lead you to utter destruction. May Allah save us. Ibn Qayyim, he spoke of this ubudiyah, spoke of this servitude, and he said, he says, takmil al في الظاهر والباطن تكون حركات نفسه وجسمه كله في محبوبات الله تعالى. He said the actualization of what it is to be a servant of Allah is that everything that you say and you do and you don't say and do, every movement and every position where you're still, all of it has to return from that which is seen and that which is hidden. It has to go back to that which is in the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says, وَكَمَالْ عُبُودِيَةِ الْعَبْدِ And the perfection of that servitude to Allah is مُوَافَقَتُهُ لِرَبِّهِ is to coincide with the desires and the pleasure of his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala فِي مَحَبَّتِهِ مَأْحَبَّةِ And that you love what Allah loves. To enter into Islam wholeheartedly. We have to love what Allah loves. 
Then he says, And not only should we love that which Allah loves, we have to strive to perform it. And likewise, what is connected to entering into Islam wholeheartedly and truly being a servant of Allah, he said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, is that one hates whatever it is that Allah hates. And that your, that which you hate coincides with that which Allah hates. He says, and all of that comes together with And that one must strive his best to stay away after knowing what Allah hates, to stay away from it. A person may ask if this is Bifadillahi Ta'ala, yani the call of Allah and the Messenger, what has hindered the people from submitting? What has hindered the people from responding to the call of Allah and the Messenger? What is it that has caused the previous nations to be destroyed? Even though they received the prophets and the messengers and miracles and they were aided with the angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibn Qayyim he answers this and he says, Arkan al-Kufr arba. The pillars of this belief are four. For those of you that take your notes, write this down. Four things are the pillars of this belief itself that will not allow us to enter into Islam wholeheartedly. Pay attention, please. Number one, al-Kibar. Pride And kibr by its definition like the messenger said Is batr al-haq wa ghamtu nas Is to look down upon the people And to reject the truth when it comes to you Number two from the pillars of this belief That stop us entering into Islam wholeheartedly Al-hasad To be envious of the creation of Allah With blameworthy envy because there is ghibba, there is there's praiseworthy envy. The Messenger mentions Allahu Alaihi Wasallam, the only person you should have praiseworthy envy of are two, the likes of two individuals. One of them Allah granted ilm and he acted upon it, and the other one Allah granted wealth and he spent in the cause of Allah. Number three, from the pillars of disbelief, Al Ghadab, to be overtaken with anger. Number four. Which actually is the culmination of all of them. May Allah save us. A shahwa. To follow one's lowly desires. And he explains why. He says, When one was too arrogant to accept the truth or began to look down upon the creation of Allah, he was unable to comply to the reality of this religion. والحسد يمنعه قبول النصيحة وبذلها. And hasad envy it stops the people accepting advice and it stops them giving advice. It stops them accepting advice and it stops the people giving advice. Because what is upon us all barakallah fikum is the love for our brothers what we love for ourselves. We love for ourselves salvation. We love for ourselves paradise. And this is what we should give to our brothers. The opportunity to, to return to Allah Azawajal. Number three was ghadab. adal. When one is overcome with anger, he's pre prevented from being just in all of his affairs. Allah save us. And then he said shahwa. One's desires. By following one's lowly desires, one is unable to free himself up and facilitate himself to be from those that worship Allah. Then he said something amazing. He said, if it's the case that the servant was free from kibar, It'll be easy for him if he's free from being prideful and looking down upon people and rejecting the truth. It's easy for him to comply to the truth. And if he's free from hasad, jealousy and envy, then he will accept advice and he'll be from those that give advice. And if he was free from acting upon his anger and being overcome by anger, he mentions two things will happen. He'll be just and he'll be humble. But then he said that if it was the case that he was free from following his lowly desires, 
then it will be easy for him to be patient. And patient is of three types. Patient upon the command of Allah, patience upon the prohibitions of Allah, and patience upon that which Allah has decreed to test the servants with. And then he said, and likewise, if he was free from following his lowly desires, he'll be granted afaf. And he'll preserve his chastity or her chastity. And they'll be from those, barakallahu feekum, that will establish the worship of Allah. Then he mentions, rahmatullah ta'ala, that these four illnesses that are the cornerstones and the pillars of disbelief itself. He says, Zawalu jibal an amakiliha aysar min zawal hadi arba. He said that once one is plagued with any one of these four things, it's easier to transport mountains from where they are than to get rid of these four. And that's why we're going to focus upon them today, inshallah ta'ala. And he said, He said, especially when it becomes the case, when one of these four descriptions from the pillars of disbelief itself, once they become a character trait that is firmly imprinted within the servant. And it becomes sifatun yani thabita. It's now a trait that he has that he's known for. Khalas. This is what he's upon. He says, And actually, much of his action, or actually all of them, will never be upright should he remain upon this dangerous, dangerous path. May Allah Azza wa save us. Allah Ta'ala Musta'ala. And we find in the story of Ibrahim alayhi salam, and his son Ismail, a tremendous example of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and entering into Al Islam wholeheartedly. He mentions subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning Ibrahim, when his Lord said to him, alayhi salam, submit to Allah as well and enter into Islam wholeheartedly. Ibrahim said, I totally and wholeheartedly submit. To the Lord of the heavens and the earth. Ibrahim salam did not allow this Islam to remain with him. He taught it to his children. He taught it to his offspring. He called his father, his people, his nations, he, and his beloved ones. He called them to Islam. And he said, Subhanahu wa ta'ala wa wasabiha Ibrahim. Bani. Ibrahim salam advised his children. Specifically with Al-Islam to Submit to Allah in every sphere and aspect of your life And likewise Ya'qub After him he conveyed the same message to yani his children And that's why he said subhanahu wa ta'ala That it was not only inherited They lived upon it And they advised one another with it And that's why like the Salaf they mentioned Like Ibn Rajab or From the Imams of the, yani of the Sunnah Ibn Rajab said Qada jarat ta'ala Al-Karima that the General practice of Allah That the general practice of Allah Is such Whoever lives upon something Will die upon it And more likely Than not be resurrected upon it Without doubt Then he said Then he said Were you witnesses When death came to Ya'qub And what did he say To his sons And his, his offspring He asked them The Anbiya and Rusul Were fearful for the Islam they were fearful to, of the Islam of their children, that perhaps it will slip between their fingers. They didn't worry about the worldly life and gathering it and maintaining it and distributing it. Rather, that which was of importance to them, barakallahu feekum jami'ah, it was this call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to submit to him wholeheartedly. And from that which, barakallahu feekum, will cause us to be raised in this worldly life and the hereafter, is the utter compliance and entering into Islam wholeheartedly. Again, in the example of Ibrahim, in terms of submission to Allah Azawajal, it's an ayah from the ayat of Allah Azawajal. He mentioned Tabarakallah Ta'ala concerning Ibrahim and his son Ismail. That when his young son had reached an age of maturity, that he was able to fend for himself and walk with his father and attend to his needs and to attend the needs of his family. Ibrahim turned to his son and he said, I see inside of my dream, but I sacrifice you and slaughter you. He said to his young son, He said to him, What do you say about this? What's your opinion concerning this? So Ibrahim, he's the, and in the Nabi of Allah, 
raised himself and his household upon submission to Allah wholeheartedly. He just said to his son that basically he's going to kill him. And the boy said in return, Qala ya abati, ma Oh my dear beloved father, do as you have been commanded to do. Satajiruni insha'Allah min sabirin You'll find me to be from the patient. Look at the pinnacle of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He did not question his father. He did not ask him, what did I do wrong? He did not say to his father, have I not done enough? He said, oh my beloved, dear father, do as you please. And what we have been required to do from submission and entering into Islam is far less than to take our child. And Ibrahim salam, he was granted children, as some of the Mufassirin they mentioned, in his 80s. He was an old man. He spent a period of time calling his people to Tawheed and they rejected him and they denied him and they tried to kill him and to stone him and they cast him into a fire. And when Allah Azawajal granted him success over his people, he granted him children. He waited until his son, as the Muarrikhina have mentioned, he was around about 14 years old. Listen to the words of a child that shall become a prophet from the prophets of Allah. He said, oh my dear beloved father, do as you have been commanded. You shall find me from the patient. This is not patience upon entering into Islam to pray five times a day, to fast a month for Ramadan, for the women to wear hijab, for the men to grow their beard, to stay away from riba and haram relationships or other than that. This is iraqat al-dam of those that are the most beloved to you. Can you imagine what it is to only obtain children at this old, old senior age after all of the people rejected you and denied you that now he has granted you children and you are commanded by Allah to kill them. Then he said, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, concerning Ibrahim, an ayah from the ayat of entering into Islam wholeheartedly. Falamma aslama, when the two of them submitted wholeheartedly, talahul jabeen, he turned the boy to his side. And from amongst the narrations, are those that mentioned that he had said to his father, Irfa qamisak, he said to him, lift up your thawb. In order that my blood doesn't touch your thawbe. And my mother sees this blood. And perhaps she will detest the command of Allah He said to his father, He said, tie me down and turn me away. He said, and bring the knife from underneath me that I do not see it. And don't look at me. In order that you do not have compassion for me. I did not fulfill the command of Allah. That's why he said, "Falamma aslama," when the two of them, this father and this boy, submit wholeheartedly. Talahu al-jabeen, he turned him to the side, and then he said, "Subhanahu taala, wa nadaina, and ya Ibrahim, and indeed we called out, O Ibrahim, qad sadaqat al-ru'ya. You have fulfilled the realization, actualization of your dream, and that which you was commanded to do." And then he mentioned, "Subhanahu taala." And in cert certainly for sure this is how we reward those doers of good And this was indeed a clear, clear, severe test for him Imam Masihli he mentions That when Ibrahim and his son Submitted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wholeheartedly He said They both agreed with resolve that, the, that he shall be killed. And that he shall not only kill, kill the boy, but the boy is the most beloved thing to him. He says, In accordance to the command of his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, actualizing it. And in fear of his punishment, Jalla Jalalu. This is what will enter us into Islam wholeheartedly. To fulfill the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to fear his punishment, Jalla Jalalu. And then he spoke about the boy, alayhi salam. He says, Well, Ibn Qadawatana nafsahu ala sabr. The boy had begun to accustom himself to being patient. And what do we define patience as? Those three things? Huh? Patience upon obedience to Allah and his command. A patience from the prohibitions of Allah. And patience upon what? The decree of Allah, his maqadir subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look what he said about this boy. 
an ayah when it comes to submitting to Allah wholeheartedly, who will become a prophet from the Anbiya of Allah. Um, rather, he was from the messengers. He says, sabr. He had accustomed himself to being patient. Upon what submission? He says, And this command became light and insignificant because it was in obedience to his Lord. And inside of it, he sought the pleasure of not only his Lord, but he sought the pleasure of his father. And for this reason, Ismail he was made not only a prophet but a messenger. He mentioned Tabarakallah Ta'ala, Watkur fil Kitab Ismail, Inhu kana sadiq al wa kana rasul al And remember and remind them of the mention of, of Ismail, whose reminder will remain upon the earth of Allah. He was from those that fulfilled the command of Allah that He promised to fulfill by submitting to Allah wholeheartedly. And we made him therefore Rasul al Nabiya, a messenger and a prophet. As for the examples from the from the Sahaba themselves, then look how quick they were to submit to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How quick they were to abandon alcohol and intoxicants. How quick they were to free themselves from gambling. How quick they were to free themselves from the disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, Tabaraka ta'ala in Surah Al-Ma'idah, inama yuridu shaytan an yuqi' baynakum al-adawa al-baghda fi al-khamri wal-maysir. Shaytan desires nothing other than to cause animosity and hatred between the believers by them engaging in the consumption and the sale of alcohol and the playing and gam yani the play of of gambling he says waysuddukum an dhikrillah and to take you away from the remembrance of Allah azza wa jalla and to take you away from the prayer look how satan everything he does is so you do not submit everything is a distraction and a barrier from turning back to Allah azza wa then he said, Tabarak wa ta'ala, fahal antum muntahun. Will now, when the command has come, will you stop? And the Sahaba, and from them as appears in Tirmidhi and is reported by Abu Dawood, graded authentic by Shaykh Albani, from those that responded to this ayah, responding to the call of Allah to submit wholeheartedly, when he said, ha, Now, surely would you not stop the gambling and the, and the alcohol and the intoxicants? From them was Umar, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who said, Intahayna, intahayna, certainly for sure, now we have stopped. And this is actually the response of the believer. When they are called to Allah Azza wa Jalla and the Messenger, and they're called to obedience, their only statement is, Sami'na wa ata'na, we hear and we obey. As for everybody else, from the shayateen al-ins wal-jinn, from those that disobeyed Allah, then the Kafaratul Fajr, they said, Sami'na wa asayna. We hear and we disobey. And from the severity of their submission to Allah, they questioned the Messenger وسلم, about their brothers, who the command and the prohibition to stay away from intoxicants had not reached them. And they had consumed these intoxicants before it was haram. They feared for their brothers. And they asked the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam أَمَّا مَاتَ قَبْلَ التَّحْرِيمِ وَقَدْ شَرِبَ الْخَمَرِ وَأَكَلَ الْمَيْسِرِ And they asked the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam concerning those who had died prior to the prohibition from those that had consumed intoxicants and those that had dealt in gambling. And Allah Azza wa Jal sent down the ayah لَيْسَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمْنُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ جُنَاحِ فِي مَا طَعِمُوا They will have for those individuals that truly believed and performed righteous good deeds, anything that they tasted from yani, that which was not made haram at the time, yani, from what is now disobedience, there is no sin and there is no crime upon them. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said concerning them, an ayah from submission to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and to the Messenger, he said as appears in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, لَوْ حَرُمَ عَلَيْهِمْ لَتَرَكُوهُ كَمَا تَرَكْتُكُمْ He said, and had it been made haram upon them when they were alive. Those Sahaba that died before the prohibition, they would abandon intoxicants and they would abandon gambling the same way that you now, O Sahaba of the Messenger, have abandoned them. Bifadihi subhanahu ta'ala wa manihi. And this is from the afat right now. Allah ta'ala musta'am from the destruction, destructive diseases that has plagued the ummah of old and of new, especially with the shabab. 
is the consumption of intoxicants from that which leads the people to animosity and hatred and murder and, 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 and killing of each other. Allah Ta'ala Musta'am. The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam concerning intoxicants, he cursed 10 individuals. As a piece in the narration, Anas. He said, Ten individuals concerning intoxicants have been cursed by the Messenger of Allah. He said, Asiraha, the one who presses and makes the intoxicant. And the intoxicants are not just wine, by the way, and alcohol is anything that takes away your intellect. Whether it be this laughing gas that the people they have, or they smoke it, or they inhale it, whatever takes away your mind is an intoxicant. The one who makes it has been cursed. The one who has it made on his behalf is cursed. The one who consumes it is cursed. The one who carries it is cursed. The one who has it carried to him is cursed. The one who pours it and distributes it is cursed. The one who sells it and the one who benefits from its, yani, its selling is cursed. The one who buys it is cursed. And the one who has it bought on his behalf, all of them are cursed by the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they're taken away to the disobedience to Allah Azawajal. What is connected to submission to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala wholeheartedly is that we should never find ourselves in these environments and situations where disobedience is taking place and we remain with the people. That's why he said Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in Surah Al-Nisa فَلَا تَقْعُدُ مَعْهُمْ حَتَّى يَخُودُ فِي حَدِيثٍ غَيْرِ If you see those that begin to mock the verses of Allah Azawajal from the people of misguidance and bid'ah and dalal. If you see them speaking like this, or they are calling towards sin, he said subhanahu wa ta'ala, turn away from them altogether until they have turned away from this lowly, evil speech. Imam al-Tabri, he mentioned concerning this ayah, he says, فِي هَذِي الْآيَةِ دَلَالَةٌ وَاضِحَةٌ عَلَى نَحْيَ عَنْ مُجَارَسَةِ أَهْلِ الْبَاطِلِ مِنْ كُلِّ النَّوْءِ he said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, Yani Imam Tabari, this ayah in Surah An-Nisa, the 40th verse, is a clear cut evidence of the clear prohibition of Allah for any of us to sit with the people of falsehood when they are engaging inside of their falsehood, irrespective of who they may be, whether they be number one from the Mubtadi'ah. The people of bid'ah and innovation and misguidance. Wal fasaqa and the open public sinners when they're engaging in their criminality and their falsehood. May Allah Azza save us. And that's why the Messenger says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Man kana yum in bilaw yum al akhir, fala yajris ala ma'ida yudara alayha al khamar. And nobody truly believes in Allah at the last day. The one who sits at a table where alcohol is served. May Allah Azza save us. As for gambling, from that which was abandoned for the sake of Allah, a testimony in the submission of the Sahaba. Ibn Kathir, he mentions, Rahimullah Ta'ala, that Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said concerning gambling, fil Islam. All of the Arab, Every single one of them used to engage in gambling prior to the advent and the coming of Al-Islam. He says, Then when Allah prohibited them from this lowly, lowly sin and is repugnant in its nature, he said they stopped. And for that reason, he prohibited Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam be playing with dice and that which is connected to that, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Another example from the examples, from the ayat of submission to Allah Azawajal wholeheartedly, was when the verses of hijab were revealed. Aisha anha said, as appears in Bukhari, Rahimallah nisa al-muhajirat, al-awwal. He said that, may Allah Azawajal, have mercy upon those migrators, from those that migrated the very first time. When Allah Azawajal, He sent down the ayah, that let them cast their, yani, their, 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 their khimar upon themselves, that let them shroud themselves with their khimar, yani their outer covering. And this is where the word khamar comes from. 
right? Because just like the jilbab, the correct Islamic dress, it, yani khamar, it completely covers your intellect. The, the jilbab, the, the, the true hijab, is that which covers the woman in her totality, be even he subhanahu wa ta'ala and mawla. She said, radiallahu ta'ala anha, shakakna muru, murubatuhun, that they took from their lower aprons and their lower garments, and they ripped them and they tore them. The minute that the verses of hijab were revealed, and what did they do? We covered our heads and our faces in totality. This is how they submitted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for those affairs, barakallahu feekum, the wa'id and the sisters upon entering into Islam wholeheartedly, then they're as follows, in no particular order. Number one, being humble upon the truth when it comes to you. Being humble to the truth when it comes to you. If sincere advice comes from a person who is not sincere, accept the advice if it is the truth. <laughs> a bit of a hard one to swallow. When sincere advice comes from someone who is not sincere, accept the advice. Because it is the truth. Because our connection to the truth and submitting to it has got nothing to do with the person. You didn't listen to the truth and respond to the call of Allah and the Messenger because you like the one that was delivering the message. No, you submitted because it was the truth. And this is the example of Bilqis, the Queen of Sheba. The when the, when the, the message came from Sulaiman, she eventually went to visit him. She entered upon his kingdom and saw the polished marble and the stone, believing it was, and it was a plain of water. She lifted up her garment as to not get her dress wet in an utter amazement to the creation of Allah that he had granted to Sulaiman. And then she, Allah mentioned that she utterly submitted to Allah Qalat Rabbi inni nafsi O Allah, prior to my acceptance of this message indeed I did nothing other than oppress myself wa aslamtu ma'a Sulaiman lillah rabbil alameen and indeed I have submitted to you, O oh Allah, with Sulaiman, as he is a Muslim, I am a Muslim, to you, the Lord of the heavens and the earth. Now juxtaposition this, Barakallahu Feekum, and compare this submission when the truth came to those individuals that were from the followers of Fir'aun. When Musa salam came with his brother Harun with yani, clear-cut signs that he's not coming with, with magic, Without a shadow of a doubt, he said, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, Fajumiya Sahara, Limiqati Yomi Ma'loom. The magicians they were gathered for that appointed day that they had agreed to. And it was said to the people, Are you gathered in attendance attentively? And they mentioned, in response to that call of the people of disbelief, they said, they said, of course, we are present today. And when the magicians are successful in defeating Musa and Harun, we shall follow them. They did not humble themselves to the truth. Imam Asili he mentions that they did not submit to the truth because they did not, it did not cross their mind that the truth could have possibly been with Musa and Harun. Hence why they said, we shall follow the magicians when the magicians are successful. Point number two from that which will aid us to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Al-Yaqeen bi-Bi'tha To be absolutely certain that we will be resurrected Wal-Hisab Wal-Jaza Accountability will take place And everybody will be rewarded accordingly And this should lead us, barakallahu feekum To begin to think about the evil recompense Of not submitting and that we should not be from those that are self-amazed. We find in Surah Al-Kahf, the two companions of the gardens, one said to the other, He said to his companion, I don't think that this garden that I've obtained from this worldly life, I don't think you'll ever come to an end. He says, He said to his companion, I don't believe this Jannah and this earth that I'm in right now and all this, all this glitter and this joy that I'm in. 
I don't think this will come to an end. He said that if the hour was to be established, if it was to be established, and if I was to return to my Lord, I don't even believe that I'll find any better than I have right now in the, in the dunya. So you find from this man, Ujub, self-amazement. He doesn't believe in the hereafter. And he disbelieves in it altogether. Imam Asiri, he commented and he explained why this individual was deceived so severely. He says, He says, such an individual, for him to be able to speak like this, one of two things would have to be a reality in his regard. Either he knows for sure there is no hereafter, there is no resurrection, there is no accountability with Allah, or simply he's just lying. Or it is the case that he does believe it because he has seen what Allah has granted him now and how beautiful and amazing it is. And surely he subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to give you better. Sahamla. So therefore he still disbelieves. May Allah save us. And in this vein, Allah Ta'ala Musta'am he entered into his garden Beguiled, deceived Self-amazed Utterly oppressive of himself So he did not humble himself to the truth He denied the resurrection He denied accountability And what is amazing about the Kafrat al-Fajra They claim that they are Champions and crusaders of justice Yet some of them have Even though they, this is their claim They don't believe that justice will take place in the hereafter and that to Allah Azawajal belongs a hisab and a judgment and a punishment and a deterrent that is sufficient to stop the servants from disobeying him. Point number four from that which will aid us upon entering into Islam wholeheartedly is Adam Iqtar fi nadar ila dunya wazila fiha. Though we shouldn't be from those that constantly look at the worldly life and his glitters and joys and bliss. He said, Tabaraka wa ta'ala. Do not allow your eyes to constantly look at From that which we have granted the disbelievers and those that are like them From the glitters of this worldly life We've granted it to them only to test them Then he said something amazing What is Qurabbik? And the reward of your Lord in this world and in the hereafter is better and everlasting. Sidi, he mentioned several benefits from this ayah. Number one, that we should not constantly look at this worldly life being amazed by it. Number two, we shouldn't repeat looking at it. <laughs> and this is the problem we live in right now, the social media generation of world. It's, and it's, it's pivoted, Allah Ta'ala Musta'an, and actually, and it's stacked against us. Because all of it, this is an ayah revealed from Allah Azawajal. Imam Asiri lived and died in the 50s. Listen to what he's saying. From what Allah Azawajal has prohibited, Wallahi al-Azim, it's as if he's talking now to sadly the social media generation. He said, لا تكرر ila He said, do not be from those that constantly look at the worldly life. Desiring it and longing for it From that which you seek as a source of enjoyment He said min from the following Number one From those yani, scrumptious, delicious food and drink that they may have Number two From the luxurious garments and clothes they may have and that's what the shabab are on. Allah Ta'ala Musta'an. It's all about the drip. Allah Ta'ala Musta'an. He says, وَالْبُيُوتُ muzakhrafa." And then not look at the houses that are adorned and they are beautified. وَالنِّسَاءَ mujammala, And those women that are beautified in all of their adornment and all of their glory. They don't constantly look. He says, because all of this is nothing other than the glitters of the worldly life and a brief, brief enjoyment that Allah has made as a test. To see who will be deceived And those that were amazed by these things It was a reason for them to be turned away From the true reality And That they were unable to gaze And look at the reward of Allah in the hereafter He says And they are none other than قَوْمٌ ظَالِمُونَ A people who are oppressive to themselves And he said in the reality of this worldly life 
ثم تذهب سريعا وتمضي جميعا وتقتل محبيها and know that this worldly life it will slip between your fingers all too quickly it will disappear very fast and actually it causes the death and the destruction of the heart of those that, that, that desired it loved it and longed for it he says and they shall begin to be from those that are regretful when no amount of regret will aid and benefit them when they stand to be judged in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Point number five, from that which will aid us to enter into Islam wholeheartedly, is to fear misguidance after guidance. To fear misguidance after guidance. From the dua of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would leave his home and he would say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allahumma a'udhu bika an adil aw udal, aw azil aw uzal, aw adhlim aw udhlim. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you that I may be misguided or misguide others. Or that I may slip or cause others to slip. Or that I am oppressed or I become oppressive. Or that I become from those that act ignorantly like the ignoramuses. Or that I am treated foolishly by the ignoramuses. May Allah save us. And it goes back to the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِقْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعْدَ إِذْ هَدَيْتَنَا Oh Allah, do not allow us to be misguided after you have guided us. Number six from that which will aid us inshaAllah ta'ala to enter into Islam wholeheartedly is to fear an evil end. Hafid ibn Rajab rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned the reason why people have an evil end and the Messenger says, The actions will be ultimately judged by how, how and what a person dies upon. Allah save us. Ibn Rajab, he mentions, The reason why people have an evil end is There is a hidden defect within them, within that servant. The people are unable to see and witness it. And he says, And it's actually from those hidden affairs that a person has with them, it's hidden. And it's from those actions that are evil. And he says, Actually, this action and this, this, this polluting nature that he has within him, it might appear to the people to be insignificant and light, but whoever who was to die upon it, he'll have an evil end. And then he said, elsewhere, What will lead to that evil end? Is Israel al maasi to consist and continuously fall into sin and to be up from those that they have with them the characteristics of hypocrisy? And the issue isn't that a person has a defect, no. He said after that, Rahimullah Ta'ala, that one sees that he has these problems and these defects and they do not repent. And then he adds to that, and neither does he fear those defects. Allah save us. He says, such an individual, if he remains as such, the only reward that he shall be granted for this state that he's left himself to be in is Salb al Iman bil Kulliyah. The entirety of his Iman will be stripped away from him, and hypocrisy in its reality will touch him. And the evil end will reach him. And then he said, and that is because Al-Ma'asi Baridul Kufur. That sin is nothing other than the envelope itself or the messenger, you could say, of disbelief. Hence the four things that we mentioned in the beginning. Number seven from that which will aid us upon entering into Islam wholeheartedly is to understand the blessing of this religion and the blessing of the Sunnah of the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Umar ibn Khattab he said Inna kunna adhal qawm Allah bil Islam He said we as the Arab We were the most lowly of people and insignificant Then Allah honored us with al-Islam And I ask 
And I say this to myself first and foremost. Have we not been honored with Al-Islam? And then he said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, فَمَهْمَا نَطْلُبَ الْعِزَّةِ Irrespective of whatever means we try to be honored with, other than Islam, Allah Azza wa Jalla will never honor a person that seeks other than Islam as his source of, 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 uh, of izzah, of might and honor, except that he shall be disgraced. And Abdullah ibn Mubarak, rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentioned, I'lam akhi, he said, no, oh my dear beloved brother, anna al-mawt al-yawm, that to die today, karamah, likulli muslim, laqiya Allah ala sunnah. He said that for a man to die in our times today, for a man to die and meet his Lord upon the sunnah of the messenger is a true blessing, a miracle from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to put it into perspective, Abdullah ibn Mubarak died in the, in the year 181 Hijri. He said to die in his time upon the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it is a it is, it is a karama, it is like a miracle that is granted to somebody that is not a prophet. So imagine our time. We live, Allah Ta'ala Musta'an, quite literally and physically in the belly of the beast, Darul Kufr itself. But bifadlillahi ta'ala, we have been blessed with this Islam, blessed with the sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, blessed with this aqeedah, salafiyya, muhammadiyya, blessing that we cannot truly thank Allah Azza wa Jalla enough for. And then he complained, Rahimullah Ta'ala, concerning his time. He said, To Allah Azza wa Jalla, we belong unto him, we shall return. He says, To Allah Azza wa Jalla, we complain every complaint from that which we have faced, from the departure of our brothers and their demise. And the few individuals that will aid us upon the path of truth. And from the emergence and the admittance of bid'ah into the religion of Allah, he said, "Dear Allah, Nashku Azim, Mahalla bihadhi al-Umma min dhihab ulamai ahlu Sunnah." And to Allah we complain from what we have faced from the departure of the scholars of the Sunnah in the presence of this Ummah and the advent of innovation. He says, "Fakada ashabna fi zamanina shadid wa harajna Azim." He said that indeed we found in the side of our times. Great difficulty and great heartache. May Allah reward us for it. Number nine, from that which will aid us upon entering into Islam wholeheartedly, is to oppose and be different and distinct from the mushrikeen and the usat, hatab al jahim, and the to be different and distinct and oppose the polytheists the open sinners and criminals from those that shall be the fuel of the fire. And that's why he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, prophesizing of what will come and lead to our destruction, sunan man kana qablakum, that you shall follow the, the path of those who came before you, handspan hand span for handspan, even if they were to enter into the hole of a lizard, you'll follow them in it. And the people said, who are they? The Jews and the Christians, he said, who else? Number eight, from that which will aid and assist us, is to turn to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to stay away from the Quran of shaitan, music. Ibn Qayyim rahmanullah ta'ala, he mentioned, indeed music, it has a specific effect upon the heart. And he said specifically upon the hearts that incline towards hypocrisy. He says because music it instills within the servants that which is equivalent to a seed being planted in the ground and it is watered and it is fed and it begins to produce its produce. He says because music, it sways the hearts, diverts them from the Quran, acting upon it, pondering over it. He says because indeed, Music and the Quran The two of them is impossible that they will come together in a single heart Except one of them will expel the other without doubt And he said and that is because The Quran commands To stay away from every lowly desire 
It commands with chastity. It commands to not follow the desires of the soul and the reasons of destruction and misguidance. And it prohibits us, as we found in this ayah. And to Islam wholeheartedly, it commands that we do not follow the footsteps of shaitan. He says, as for music, then it commands with the opposite of all of that. Because it incites and it emotes the servants and sways their hearts and their souls. And it weaves within the fabric of their, and of their souls and their hearts. Yani, action and determination That which yani, no amount of poison can enter upon a person And do yani, the like of in terms of damage He said the only thing that is comparable to music in its harm He says it's intoxicant itself And the two of them you can imagine They are that which the people they are weaned upon From those that responded to the call of shaitan He said and that is because the two of them Music and intoxicants Lead the people to every sin. Allah Ta'ala Musta'an wa alayhi tuklam. And finally, Barakallah Fikum, we'll end upon this point. I don't want to keep you for too long. Zamanah Khairah. From that which will aid us, finally, number nine is to never stop the fight with Shaytan and to know that the fight must continue. Until we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And we shall not be deceived Like those who put off the religion of Allah And entering into Islam wholeheartedly And they say eventually I'll repent Eventually I will return Eventually I'll wear hijab Eventually I'll stop the riba Eventually I'll stop the haram relationship Eventually I'll stop praying But when will eventually come? Some of the people they wait until death comes to them and it's too late. And Ibn Qayyim, he mentions, He gives an example. If right now, when you have all of your strength and your faculties, and then you are in the Kamal Idraq, that you have all of your senses, they are with you. He says, imagine now when you're at your strongest shaitan, every now and then, he's still able to guide you upon a path of sin. You obey him. You listen to him now. Whilst having every strength. So you disobey Allah Azawajal. In a state of heedlessness of your heart. And you are far from the obedience to Allah. And your yani, shaitan now has inspired you to all of this. He said what will you do. When shaitan comes to you upon death. When your heart cannot and doesn't have the strength. Now to turn to obedience. Your tongue is broken, unable to remember Allah. Your limbs are incapacitated altogether. He said, how does anybody think and believe? When we obeyed and we listened and responded to the call of shaitan with all of our strength, what led us to believe that now at this time of ultimate weakness, when he knows this is his last opportunity to mislead you and to misguide you, he knows this is his last chance. He says, then what lets you think that you'll be able to fend him off and fight him then if you did not fight him now? Except for those of you that have taken the path of Allah and has said this statement of truth that he shall grant you life and success in this world and in the hereafter by entering into Al-Islam wholeheartedly. In Ibn Qayyim, he then says, quoting the statement of Allah in Surah Ibrahim, where he said, Tabarakallah ta'ala, Yuthabitu Allahu alladheena amnu. Indeed, Allah Azza He grants them forbearance and strength from those who have believed the Thabit with that upright statement, which is strong and it is firm in the face of that adversity and that trial and that tribulation. He said, Fil hayat dunya wa fil akhirah, in this life and in the hereafter, wa yadillullah al And indeed, He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the one who misleads. Any those oppressive ones And indeed Allah he does as he desires And then he says that So we should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That he grants us the best of end And that we do not be from those Whose heart is heedless to the remembrance of Allah 
and they have followed their lowly desires. And the affair is the affair of the one who is utterly destroyed. He says, and for this reason, we should return to our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala, like the one who is the escaped servant and slave who's run from his from the obedience to his master. We should return back to him and not be the captive of our desires. Our tongues should be moist from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the limbs. They should be ever active in the obedience to Allah Azza and His worship. And we should be far removed from this obedience to Him. Asking Allah Azza wa Jalla,